HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Academy Opus Cassius, the cheese industry's unique center for professional development. For more information and to apply for courses, visit our website at www.academymons.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E hyphen M-O-N-S dot com. Today's program is brought to you by Old Ways Cheese Coalition, supporting artisanal, raw milk, and traditional cheesemaking around the world. For more information, visit oldwayscheese.org. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. This is Diane Stemple on Cutting the Curd. Today, I want to welcome Tia Keenan, who just published The Art of the Cheese Plate, Pairings, Recipes, Style, and Attitude. Welcome, Tia. Thank you. Hi. How are Hi. you? Hi. Hi, I'm good. And we have a special guest today, <laughs> Ann Saxelby. Hello, Diane. Thank you for having me. And Tia, this is so fun. Hi, Ann. Hi. The returning developer of our show. Yeah. I know. The sponsorships have become so much more illustrious than they were in my day. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for supporting I'm the sure. show. So I guess um, we'll proceed, and Ann, feel free to interrupt at any moment with more questions I for Tia. Will. Okay, great. <laughs> or anyone. Um, Tia, how did you come to write this book? Uh, um, well, Rizzoli actually already had in their a bee in their bonnet that they wanted to do a cheese book, mm-hmm. and actually, I think that had they had made their way to Anne, ah, and Anne had said, "Oh." This is Tia's book. Yeah, I was like, I don't know anything about creating great pairings. Oh, was it all. already a pairings book? Yeah, they wanted to do a cheese plate book. Okay, that that was mm-hmm. about pairings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Anne was kind enough to send Rizzoli my way, mm-hmm. and then we talked about uh, what they wanted and what I would want to do, and um, and then I started working on a book. Wow. <laughs> Had you fantasized about writing a cheese-pairing book Yeah, before? for sure. Um, I actually started my 
adult life working in publishing. Oh, I didn't know that. And working... Um, As a writer? In, in magazine. Yeah, I mean, I, I dreamed of being a writer. Uh-huh. But working in magazines, you know, starting mm-hmm. as a fact checker, well, as an intern and then a fact checker and mm-hmm. doing some copy editing. And doing a little writing, too. Um, so, of course, writing a book is was on my list of things right. that I wanted to do right. in my life. Now, how did they did they come to you with the same idea or did you change it a lot or um they said they wanted to do a book about cheese and they wanted to have a book about pairings and I felt like their vision was I mean that's a pretty specific thing to want. Mm -hmm. So I had said to them, oh, you know, if you don't mind me asking, um, what, like, where did this come from? Mm -hmm. And the editor said, oh, have you ever been to this little wine bar on 52nd Street um, called Casalula? And I said, yes, I I started that program and I ran that program. And Mm -hmm. And that was my work. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, well, then I'm glad I found you um, because, That's you know, that he was, was interested in. that that book sort of gave me the idea of, oh, we could do we could do a book about pairing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it felt very full circle when mm-hmm. it all were you at down. Murray's Cheese Bar at that point? No, I had just um, I had just gone back to consulting. My son wasn't even a year old. Mm-hmm. Um and so it was lovely timing because I was having a hard time when I when when I went back to work after my son was born. The first project that I worked on was a restaurant, and it was really really challenging. Mm-hmm. My son was five months old. Mm. I'm like pumping in the bathroom <laughs> and storing my breast milk in the walk-in, and like <laughs> trying to be you know I'm in a hot let's have some real talk here since this is a cheese show and a show about dairy. Like I'm lactating, so I need a ton of water, but I'm also working in a kitchen that's like 105 degrees. So just the amount of water that I had to consume doing that job when you're nursing a five month old baby who's not eating anything else but milk um, was really intense. So I was really, really happy to get a book deal because to have some work you could do at home or at least Exactly. At a, at a better pace. And I wrote a lot in the beginning stages of writing this book, certainly outlining it and, and figuring out the bones of the book when my mm-hmm. son was much younger. Mm-hmm. Like I wrote a lot of this book at night mm. because I would kind of yeah. have my whole day of like work and then taking care of a baby. Right. Um, and then when he would go to bed, that's when I would have like enough calm in my life to to mm-hmm. write a book mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay. that's what I did and how did you like go about tackling this immense idea of like you know all the cheeses in the world all the potential pairings how yeah. did you even start to narrow it down or come up with categories so ha- coming from a restaurant background um and then even more so having spent five years leading up to this book doing a lot of business development um, and startups, very much I knew the spreadsheet was my friend. So I actually like really spreadsheet this whole book. Ah, interesting. Um, so I started, I want to say I could, 
it would be easy to say, oh, I started with the cheese or oh, I started with the condiments. So I, I kind of did both of them in tandem. <clears throat> so I asked in, in the selection of cheeses, I asked where where is my reader buying their cheese? I really wanted this book to be for a more general consumer. I didn't really write this book for cheese people. I wrote this book for people who like cheese but feel like, oh, I don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And the answer to that was largely they're buying their cheese at Costco, at Murray's by Kroger, at Wegmans, Mm -hmm. at supermarkets that have invested in cheese programs, you know, um, and then, you know, of course they're going to cheese shops, but not everyone as lucky as we are in New York to have, you know, a dozen (laughs) amazing cheese shops in one place. Um, and so I started to think about that and, you know, there's only a hundred, there's 114 cheeses. And like, if you spent your life working in cheese, it's really not a lot of cheese. I mean, it was like a Sophie's choice choosing what to put in this book. I was like, oh, yes, you know, um, sure. and so then, and then I knew that I had signature condiments that I've things that I like to work with. Mm-hmm. And, and so I started making lists of that and then right. sort of merging documents and seeing where I was and, right. and then just trying to present a whole picture of, of flavor philosophy and mm-hmm. a lot of spreadsheets, a really huge uh-huh. giant spreadsheet <laughs> with like 25 tabs. Right. One thing <laughs> I had was how did you decide which things to put in recipes for and which things to buy. Is it uh, cost cost efficient? Is it time efficient? Is it just your favorite? Yeah. So, and can I back up and ask mm-hmm. one more question too? Because the readers haven't seen the book yet. Can okay. you explain how you composed each plate? Sure. So the book Good is idea. the book is organized into thirty eight, thirty seven or thirty eight entries, and most of them are three cheese plates. And so each chapter has three cheeses with full tasting notes on those cheeses, and then two recipes for a condiment that goes with each of the cheeses, and then tasting notes on one purchase condiment. The idea behind the purchase condiment was that I wanted to encourage people to think of um, artisan condiments, purchase condiments as things that have a lot of love that go into them and a lot of expertise, just like a cheese does, and and to sort of elevate Mm -hmm. those makers. So you are promoting your, you know, condiments you knew and Yeah, I mean, the specialty, it's not Mm -hmm. just that the specialty food market in general, if, which cheese is a part of, has grown in leaps and right. bounds. And there's an incredible amount of of stuff that you right. can buy that's really amazing. And most cheese stores are full of And they're full of them. Condiments. And I think a lot of times people don't know what to do with those. Right. Like, oh, wow, right. that looks really great. But, like, I would never know which cheese right. to serve with it. And so I, I did a combination of, you know, definitely thinking about products that I personally just really loved and producers that I that I really admire and Mm -hmm. love their work. And then also about time, you know, I think it's like, I have, um, you know, uh, goat's milk caramel. Like I definitely think, you know, for you to make goat's milk caramel at home, first you have to find goat's milk. Then you have to like stand over a stove and cook it for a long time when you can go buy like a beautiful Mm -hmm. goat's milk caramel and support a a producer who really knows what they're doing and Mm -hmm. knows how to make goat's milk caramel and like spend your time in, 
another way. Right, right. Um, so, that's and more also, efficient. I was worried for the um, the lesser chef reading the book. Mm-hmm. Then you had things we could buy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but also, like, I tried to make the recipes really simple mm-hmm. and. Um, what? Are you are you outing yourself as a lesser chef, Diane? You said we. <laughs> well, well, time management wise, mm. I might go for the entree. And you know, we're spoiled by buying cheese and having cheese yeah. and cheese sitting in front of us during the show. <laughs> um, you know, so we're we know our favorite condiments also. So who's, you know, I just not going to spend that much time stirring. Right. What's the average amount of time it would take somebody to make one of the condiments? Does it vary wildly or is it kind of like, it varies I mean, wildly. there's a couple that are more time consuming, mm. but I would say the majority of them are like a half an hour or less mm. of like okay. active time of active time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I do a, a lot of roasted and braised fruit, mm-hmm. you know, to me, like everyone's comfortable throwing some fruit alongside some cheese to make a cheese plate and this Mm -hmm. is just like add another step add a little booze add some (laughs) herbs and like maybe some maple syrup and you know you kick it up and it's really not a huge time investment but it's it's tasty and beautiful and interesting and will surprise who whoever you're serving Mm -hmm. now what were the hardest parts to write of the book um (laughs) you know I think the hardest thing about writing about any single subject is just how to talk about like creamy Uh, the the 500 times Uh I mean Uh I'm looking at Uh Anne because I know that that Anne goes through that I'm sure like how do you describe a fresh cheese Mm -hmm. how do you describe 10 fresh cheeses in a way that's that's unique and true to the cheese mm-hmm. each time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where it's funny. I feel like we all like borrow from each other and borrow from like the vernacular of different, you know, of different areas of expertise. And so first of all, I have to say that I thought it was so cute that you dedicated the book to Risto and called him <laughs> your perfect husband. pairing because that's just the cutest thing ever. But I mean, him being in the wine world, did you find that helpful at all to um, come up with different descriptors? For yeah, cheeses? for sure. Because he's actually, he's stopped now, but for most of our relationship, he was studying for the master sommelier exam and a part of the master sommelier exam is blind tasting and assessment on three I think it's three you have to assess the flavors the color the clarity and the weight Mm. I could be wrong but Mm -hmm. but this is the general idea so watching him practice blind tasting gave me so many new ways of thinking about flavor Mm -hmm. um and also wine, I think, is really the, – the wine world has their own way of talking about flavor, and it's been a very useful um, tool for me to sort of be on the periphery of, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. There's certainly some crossover, I feel like. Yeah. It's like hard to put your finger on yeah. flavors. Um, flavor is incredibly hard to talk about. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that was the challenge of writing this book. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, it is in some ways a book about flavor, and – 
Um, we don't really have a language for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I was surprised by your uh, grouping of the cheeses, mm-hmm. not the flavors, but the types. Uh-huh. Because you included pasta filata. Is mm-hmm. that the way you say that? And then you hardly had any cheeses from there. Yeah. It's a, it's a small category for cheese plates, I think. It's yeah. It's more of a, of a cooking category. I mean, I... I in in categorizing the cheeses in the book, I kind of made up. It was a hybrid of like technical mm-hmm. and consumer right. friendly right. ways to describe something mm-hmm. because I wanted this book to be useful more right. than anything else. Okay, um, and I wanted people to be able to take the language of this book and use it in the world. For instance, at the cheese counter, mm-hmm. and have it be a tool that helped them communicate what they needed. Okay. Um, you know that I don't need the reader's not trying to pass the CCP. Right. <laughs> you right, know they're just trying right. to get some good cheese. So pasta filata, even though there are only a few in the book, like it's such a distinctive style right. of cheese. Right. Like it I is. just couldn't. You couldn't put it into. Any I other couldn't category. lump it into anything else. I guess I I might have just left it out. Yeah, but I couldn't. <laughs> like you can't. I feel like for a general consumer, you can't. You can't. Like okay. how could I leave out mozzarella di bufala for mm-hmm. the average person who's like. Probably, if you ask someone who says they really love cheese and you ask them to name five cheeses, like that's going to be one of them mm-hmm. that they name or burrata. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, that's that's okay. in people's. It's, it's true that it is totally different because I tend to put those cheeses in like the fresh category, but they're like, you know, texturally and everything so different. I, I liked that it was called out as its own yeah, category, I mean, especially also- when you're talking about pairing. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to. You know, I talk about texture a lot in this book, mm-hmm. um, and so I just felt like I couldn't. Okay. I I did things like counted all the cheeses. You did, yes, and and so you didn't have that many in that category. So I yep. felt like when you take the semi firm hard category, it's, it's gigantic, yeah. and you could have divided that up. Yeah, and then you know you have this little category. So I yeah. just was it wasn't balanced. It's interesting because the thing about like dividing because I obviously you know having especially spreadsheeted this book. Right, right, No, all the the statistical (laughs) breakdown. But, you know, I could have made subcategories in hard cheese or firm cheese or whatever, but I didn't feel like that was going to include language that would make the the reader... The consumer. ...be able to communicate any better when they're talking about eating and buying cheese. You're probably right. So I, I just made it... A huge category. Okay. Should we take a break? Okay. We're taking a break. This is Cutting the Curd with Tia Keenan and Ann Saxelby and Diane Stemple. We'll be back soon. This is the story of men and women who shed not only their clothes, but also their... Music for this commercial break is brought to you by Rectech, and this one's called Blazing Fish Cakes. The 
The Academy Opus Cassius is the cheese industry's unique center for professional development, offering both practical and classroom training for cheese professionals ready to move their careers to the next level. The Academy is the only professional cheese school integrating hands-on practice, formal instruction, and curriculum-related visits in every course and attracts students from such diverse countries as Australia, Venezuela, Ukraine, Canada, Sweden, and India. The Academy's core courses for cheesemakers, mongers, and affineurs are offered at the Mons facilities in France, at Jasper Hill Farm in Vermont, and at Point Reyes Farmstead Cheese in California. Academy director Sue Sturman also offers insider's tours in New York, London, and Paris, where cheesemongers can meet their international peers and be inspired by new approaches to cheese retailing. For more information and to apply for courses, visit our website at www.academymons.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E hyphen M-O-N-S dot com. This episode is brought to you by Old Ways Cheese Coalition, the organization dedicated to supporting artisanal cheesemaking traditions through advocacy, education, and outreach. Old Ways Cheese invites you to a new virtual cheese tasting class called Taste Cheese Live, September 27th. Pick up the two cheeses on the tasting menu and tune in from anywhere in the world to follow and eat along with the coalition. Learn how to taste fine cheeses like the pros. Stores and restaurants will host tasting parties, or you can organize your own at home. Pledge to Taste Cheese Live on their website and tune in on September 27th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for the live stream of the event. Do it all at oldwayscheese.org. That's O-L-D-W-A-Y-S cheese.org. Hello, we're back on Cutting the Curd with Tia Keenan talking about her book, The Art of the Cheese Plate, and Ann Saxelby is visiting. So uh, another amazing thing about this book for the readers who, for the listeners who haven't seen it, are the pictures. It seems no, nothing was spared in making these pictures. Now, were you there? Did you construct them? Were they parties? How many photo shoots were there? What can you tell us a little about that? Um, sure. Well, I knew from the very beginning that I wanted to make a cheese book that <clears throat> didn't look like any other cheese book. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a... a, a cliched aesthetic of what cheese should look like mm-hmm. and I really wanted to disrupt that as I felt that that had been has always been part of my work in cheese was to disrupt <laughs> okay so you're um, a troublemaker in other words <laughs> sure <laughs> so it was um first of all complete joy to shoot this book mm-hmm. um if I could just spend the rest of my life taking beautiful <laughs> pictures of cheese I would do it uh-huh um, I wanted to lick the pig. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is how I did it. First of all, we had three shoots because mm-hmm. cheese is seasonal, and I wanted to shoot throughout the year. Okay. We shot it all in my house. Okay. Um, we had the team was no effects. Mm-hmm. a photographer. And Chris Spaulding and Ben Knox from, from Reclaim Design, who okay. did prop styling. Mm-hmm. I did the food styling. And I basically, again with a spreadsheet, created <laughs> a treatment for each photograph. And now, I what was does that mean? So first of all, I was able to write to the photographs. It was all happening at the same time. Okay. So when I was writing, I was also very much thinking how which, it would be displayed. How it would look. Okay. 
um, which was really nice to be able to do that. Um, so I would, in, again, in a spreadsheet, list all the technical details, what the cheese looked like, how it was going to be cut, what shapes it was going to be in, the colors of the cheese. Mm -hmm. And then I would write basically like a script treatment for each plate. Mm -hmm. So the feel of this plate is like, think one of them. I remember I was like, think like outcast Stankonia, Mm -hmm. think, Mm -hmm. you know, like velvet and eight tracks. Ladies who lunch. Yeah. So for each one, I would create like a mood. And then we did Mm -hmm. a lot of, I would do a lot of Pinterest of like images that Mm -hmm. were like mood boards basically for Mm. each entry. What fun. It was so fun. And then we would shoot, I think all told, we were about 15 days or maybe 13 days of shooting in Mm -hmm. three chunks. Mm -hmm. And so then after writing those treatments, then the boys at Reclaim would go work their magic where they would go to vendors all over the city and pick up all this amazing stuff. Was, was it all new? Was none of it's yours? No. Or was some of so, it yours? Yeah. So they would bring, they would show up at my house mm-hmm. with like all this really great stuff. Uh-huh. And Borrowed or purchased? Borrowed. Those some places don't lend. So you okay. purchase and then you have to return. So it's like, <laughs> don't break anything. Keep the stickers on, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> oh God. Um, it was actually really neat because as after the first shoot, the, the gentleman at reclaim had the photographs from the first shoot to show. So it's much easier to get product. Oh yeah. After the first second shoot, and third because time. once we started showing people the pictures, they were like, take they whatever you want, you know? It. Right. And you, you, um, sight from everything yeah. well, where really, it's from. I wanted this book to be a celebration of people and things that are handmade and people mm-hmm. who make things by yeah. hand. And, you know, we do have some stuff from like CB2 or West Elm or whatever, but like a lot of the stuff that we use in the book is, is one of a kind and handmade or from small stores in or Brooklyn from small, small or, stores. Yeah. And then we use a lot of stuff in my home. So like mm-hmm. one of the things that I, that's just on a personal level, really special to me about this book is that there's a lot of stuff. Um, my parents are both past. Mm. Um, and so I've sort of inherited like all this stuff. I'm an only child. Mm. So I'm like the keeper of oh, my family's nice. relics. Right. So, so you throughout can now the book, see them in the book. That's yeah. Just, they're yeah. all like, there's, all kinds of stuff that oh. were my grandmother's, my mother's, my great grandmother's, my great great grandmother's. Neat. Um, so that was really fun. And so we would just once once we figured once we like set the day up, we would just start laying stuff out and mm-hmm. playing around and looking at what at what we'd shot previously and mm-hmm. what else we wanted to shoot and mm-hmm. playing with everything. Did you get better? Do you feel like the third shoot was the best? Uh, you know, I think, yeah, we, I think we definitely, we, we, as any team practices, they get better, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm -hmm. I, I definitely, one of the things I, the reason I say in part that I would love to shoot this book again and again and again is that, um, you know, I am at heart a collaborative person. I'm, mm-hmm. I have a restaurant background. Like I work best in collaborative situations. I, mm-hmm. I love creating things with other creators. Mm-hmm. And, um, we just had a really amazing energy mm-hmm. and lo- we all made each other's work better. Mm-hmm. And, 
it was so joyful to shoot this. And mm-hmm. I, I hope that that comes across when you look at it, you know, that we mm-hmm. had a really good time. Mm-hmm. And then the last shoot, like we started to get a little crazy, like the Did craziest shots. the cheese or was it like sprayed with weird stuff? No, I mean, I, I was pretty like, I didn't have to mess with it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was really busy in the shoots because I'm cooking all the condiments you doing had, all the food. Didn't you have them cooked already? Yeah, I had prep, right. but like not right. everything. Right. You know, you right. can do ahead. And then right. I'm like doing the food styling and also like set helping set up the shot and select right. all that. So it was like really, right. really intense for me. I had an mm-hmm. assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I didn't have an assistant, it was like a huge mistake. And after the after the shoot, I was like in bed for three days. I was <laughs> crippled. You know, I'm 40. Yeah. I have a, a toddler. Like I'm already a mess. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then I'm like shooting. <laughs> You know, these crazy photographs. So after the, for the second and third shoot, I made sure that I had an assistant to help, um, including like my former assistant from, uh, from back in the day at Casalula, which Mm -hmm. was really cool Mm -hmm. to have her back in. Mm -hmm. She was like back in town for two days from Dubai. It was Mm -hmm. great timing. Now you shot from above. Yeah. Was that, how did you decide to do that? Um, we just knew we wanted double page photographs. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Rizzoli was really amazing. Um, they gave me complete artistic freedom on this book. They never, they aren't, um, most publishers a little bit cheaper with pictures. Well, Rizzoli is known for making beautiful books. Right. And so they are very, they know what they want, but within a, a sort of very large parameter. Mm-hmm. And they really, they hire talented people. And then they really let us like do what we do. So Impressive. they were amazing. Mm-hmm. So they, they were the ones who wanted, you know, they knew they wanted a double page mm-hmm. and it shot from above. Okay. And then, you know, other than that, like they were... They were flexible. I mean, there were times shooting this where I was like, I can't believe they're letting us do this. I, like, I can't I believe. I couldn't believe looking at it. Like now, the- sometimes you have a third picture of the same cheese plate. Yeah. And that just seemed crazy to me. Like, well, no, I mean, but- just a very big luxury to Noah have. Noah would just, like, take down the camera and start shooting. And do and, a I mean, different- Noah's, Noah's incredible. He's had such an amazing year, too. He's mm-hmm. been... Um, he did a, a big series of on um, Japan for New York Times travel section this year. He has mm-hmm. a bunch of books coming out. He has a short stack edition coming out. He has Nick Foshod's Nacho book coming out. Mm. He did Tyler Cord's super upsetting book about sandwiches for oh. number seven subs. Like he's just on fire this okay. year. Okay. Um, so he's like he's a badass. Okay, it was great okay. working with him. <laughs> Did you know him before, or did they hook you up? No, I'd known of him. Um, I'd seen his work, but we sort of had a list, my editor and I, of of, um, photographers. And Jono, the editor, had worked with um, Noah before. Mm -hmm. And Rizzoli's really interesting. I mean, I feel like they really protect the integrity of the quality of the look of their books Mm -hmm. there's a reason they're known for making beautiful books and it's because they really protect that Mm -hmm. um and so you know i felt like it was almost like a studio system where Mm -hmm. they have like the people that they like to work with Mm -hmm. um 
And, you know, when he said no, I was like, yes, I've seen his work. It's great. Like, Mm -hmm. let's meet, you know. So we Mm -hmm. all met and we had the stylists. And um, but I was very adamant that I didn't want to work with anyone who'd worked on a cheese book before. Oh, interesting. So you wanted some fresh eyes. Yes. Ah, Okay. Yeah. Hmm. What are your can you pick or would it feel like playing favorites? One or two or three favorite uh, plates in the book. Maybe not from, not just visually, not not yeah. taste so wise. Visually, <laughs> I mean, I really love the ladies who lunch entry, uh-huh. mm-hmm. which is like a crazy tea party. Yes, featuring yes. Vermont Creamery, mm-hmm. um, Bijou, and mm-hmm. uh, Fresh Chef. Yeah, and cut into squares. There's there that there's fudge in that oh, okay. pairing. Okay. Um, I really love visually the love themed plate, mm-hmm. which has those amazing Star Wars plates oh, from Mokoon. Yes. That was yes. my shout out to Star Wars people. <laughs> <laughs> you my, always want to like make a my, shout out to the Star Wars. Well, people. I feel like there's got to be a major intersection between there's a like Venn diagram. There's, there's a Venn totally diagram. There's a Venn diagram of cheese geeks. Yeah, and, and Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. and like okay. Star Trek's probably in there Totally. <laughs> oh, there he goes. He's been waiting. Lift off. <laughs> it's the Enterprise. Oh no, that's that's Star in Trek. the background yeah. here uh, at Roberta's. Yeah. Um, so those those are your favorites. Yeah, and I also really love the caviar burrata one. Okay. Um, which if you turn that upside down, you'll see that the surface that we played that we uses like the table is actually a reprint of Andy Warhol's Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> so I did not we had like that. I did not turn things upside down. We had down. stories for each entry oh, cool. and that one was, you know, sort of like uh-huh. maybe like a Russian call girl, mm-hmm. like getting ready for work, <laughs> eating caviar and burrata and like... <laughs> Oh my god! You know, on her like four different mm-hmm. cell phones. Now I also had another question: Do <laughs> your relatives make you bring one or two of the condiments at holiday time? Like, are you, you know, what are you known for cooking and bringing in the condiment department? Um, I always have to do the cheese, of course. Well, of sure, course, of course. You guys are right. in the same boat. <laughs> um. You know, I for a for a long time, like I, Thanksgiving, we would always do raclette appetizer. Ah, okay. So it wasn't like a traditional, mm-hmm. but I was sort of known for that, and I would always mm-hmm. do like curried cauliflower, chipolini onion agrodolce. Mm. Ah, nice. And I don't remember okay. what else, but yeah, I mean, I get requests, but mm-hmm. the thing is that most people like they have one thing that they like and then they want to have that every single time right. where I'm like, right. I want to make something new. I want to make something different. Mm-hmm. Wanna, right. You know, do you cook a uh, dinner every day or often? Yes. Okay. So you're a, you're a cook. Yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. <laughs> I mean, I would, um, and does yeah. your son eat condiments? He eats everything his first cheese he had at david grotenstein's house mm-hmm. <laughs> he had um harbison oh, was his first lovely. cheese oh, and i wow. was like really thinking deep on this like 
what should, should it be? What do this? I want to imprint on his young, very impressionable brain and as the like computer? You know, do, 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 <laughs> this is what cheese tastes like. You know, like deep mm-hmm. into his psyche. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he eats everything. He loves it. He's even sort of getting into spicy now, which is really cool. Oh, neat. Yeah. Okay, so he hasn't like stopped eating things. No, he's well, you're lucky. He's yeah. He <laughs> he likes to. I don't know. What about you, Anne? No, my my oldest one's gone the the dark path of the white food diet. Oh no! Recently, oh, really? No. How no, old it's is age. he? Three it's and a half. Age. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the no. age. Yeah, so sad. Oh, my daughter food. eats everything. Well, at least cheese is white, often that's or white, uh, white-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'll still eat some cheese. You will but... eat like yogurt. Yeah, he likes yogurt. Bread. A lot. Yeah, that's French kind fries of, are his favorite thing yeah. in the world, and I can't really blame him. I mean, French fries are delicious, so <laughs> you he'll, know, he'll, 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 he'll grow out of it. When you're three and a half, your metabolism is like a hummingbird. You need like <laughs> seven hundred thousand calories a day, and I kind of feel like that phase that they go through is like nature's way of making sure they get enough calories. Yeah, it's like the carbohydrate diet just burn it put yeah. it in burn it burn up. it up yeah go to the playground burn yeah, it burn up. it up yeah okay well this has been delightful and do you have any more questions well i just did i wanted to ask one question or like touch on one subject because i feel like something that tia is so good at is um and just like making cheese like not pretentious like we just had this long conversation about like the art and the artistry involved in making all the photographs and all the thought that goes into it but at the end of the day, I mean, one of my favorite descriptions uh, or cheese descriptors in the book was for the Rolf Bieler Gruyere, I believe it was, when you said it was like onion rings. <laughs> you said it was like notes of bone marrow, onion rings, and something else. And I was like, that's kind of it for me in a nutshell, like bone marrow, something that's like super, like way more on the esoteric end of things than onion rings. And I feel like that's what's so fun about your pairings. And I was wondering if you could just talk like really quickly about how you kind of tease those flavors out um, of the cheese when it comes to thinking of a pairing? Um, You know, I really... I always think of having a good palate, something I think about a lot also because I'm married to someone who makes his living off of his palate as well. I'm married to a, a sommelier. And people are always, like, commenting, oh, you two, like, you're the, you know, the perfect couple, wine and cheese, and oh, you must have the most amazing palate, and da-da-da-da. And, like, I do think, you know, maybe there's a particular sensitivity to flavor or sensitivity to aroma, but I really feel like having a good palate is really more of a brain exercise, and it's, it's having a really good memory, and having the ability to file away an experience and then pull that file out the next time you have it. So, like, it's the ability to locate my files really quickly and know where they are. Mm-hmm. And so those files are anything from bone marrow and, you know, more of, like, upscale, you know, foie gras or whatever to, like, the onion rings that I ate. 10 years ago at Burger King. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I feel like it's a mind exercise. Mm -hmm. It's your spreadsheet. More than anything else. (laughs) It's just that I have a really big spreadsheet. I have a big filing cabinet of flavor and I know where the files Mm -hmm. are and how to locate them. So good recall plus interest. I mean, 
Yeah. yeah. And I've always been, I mean, I remember food experiences for a really long time. Like, I remember the first time I tasted really good butter. Mm-hmm. I was 10. Mm-hmm. I remember it so well. Um, I remember who I was with. I remember what the package looked like. I remember the feeling that I had. Like, I've always been very connected to the emotional experience of mm-hmm. tasting something, mm-hmm. especially something that I found really delicious. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> so I guess a... a, a you know, ridiculous last question. What do you think is like the wildest pairing you've ever come up with? Oh my gosh. Well, actually, Anne, I'm going to recall from you because I think this is like, I don't know if I would call it successful, but I would definitely call it wild, which is, I remember giving you big league chew. I remember that. What? Big yes. League Chew? I mean, being a baseball fan, you oh. have to know what Big League Chew is. Dan. I do not. Is what? it tobacco? It's gum. That actually, now that I think about it, is it supposed t- to be like chewing tobacco? Oh, yeah, is 100%. It-, it comes in a little bag. It's shredded. Like a pouch. Just like chew. <laughs> I'm making a face. Is it? Is it flavored? It's grape, it's like- grape yeah. or bubblegum flavored. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's not tobacco flavored. No. Oh, Okay. <laughs> That didn't do well with the with the Big case league. study yeah. of children. And like And did you give it to her with cheese? Yeah, I did. Oh my but God. like thinking back on it, you know, it's a very silly pairing because like after you have well, it depends on how you think about it. Like well, you I mean you're putting great. gum in your mouth, so you're really not gonna be eating anything afterwards, but the nature of Big League Chew actually makes you want to spit it out after mm-hmm. a while. So mm-hmm. like you could keep eating the gas. And what cheese did you pair with Big League like, Chew? I, I mean, it's crazy if I remember this. I don't know if you remember, but I, I want to say I'm ashamed it was, of myself. I don't remember. I want to say that it was meadowy. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that would, that that could be I really, really good. I really think that it might have been meadowy. But consider, it was a long time consider ago. Consider Bardwell Farms. Yeah. Do they? Do, they don't even make it anymore. That was their first cheese. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Throwback. It was very fresh. And Angela is my my literary agent, actually. So <laughs> small world. Yeah. Oh my well, god. Let's go Amazing. find some big league chew. I need. I need to I'm try sure, it. Yeah. They have. I'm have sure next belly. time you go to City the Mets Fields, game, yeah, you yeah. will be able to find it. Okay. Good. <laughs> That's this Sunday. I'm going for the last game. LGM. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Tia Keenan, uh, author of The Art of the Cheese Plate. And thank you, Ann Saxley, you, for Anne. your return visit. Come again. Oh, yeah. We love Anytime. to have you. It's great. And thank, thank you, guys. Diane. Okay. This is Cutting the Curd. Goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.